Here's the big question. How is it that most entrepreneurs hustle and are always busy and struggle to take just one step forward only to fall two steps back? They're dedicated, determined, and driven, but only a few finally break through and win. This show uncovers those quantum leap patterns of highly successful people so you can simply model what they do and apply to your future success. That's the question, and the answers are right here. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. And welcome everyone to the Success Pattern Show. It is my honor to be here with you on this Tuesday, as always, Brigitte Höfele. And some of you, you know, that are watching every week, you're like, oh, Brigitte's back in her old studio. Yeah, the new studio still has so much of an echo because we're still, you know, kind of figuring things out. So I am in my known studio until I go back and we have, you know, we had a... all the team come in, which we're going to meet this week and um, make it a little bit more soundproof. All right, let's get into the Success Pattern Show. I'm so honored that you are here with us. Here in the Success Pattern Show, we put the do in learn, do, teach. I'm Brigitte Höfele, the founder of the Success Patterns Movement and the CEO of the Center of NLP. And let's take success patterns apart, if we will, really quick. And I want to start with the latter part. The definition of pattern is an example for others to follow. An example for others to follow. A a, a very, it's not a unique law, and it is a, a unique law to NLP, is it's all about success modeling. It's all about we model what someone else is already doing so we can then model it from them and do it as well. Because if one person can do it, you can do it. And then let's take it the, let's look at the first part of the success pattern. Can we agree that success is an interesting thing? It shapes its meaning within each individual success seeker, and it's not limited to business or personal life or anything, right? It is, what is it that you make success mean? And when we're able to see the patterns, we can then decode that pattern and encode it. If the pattern doesn't work, we can tweak something within that pattern, not throw the whole pattern out, tweak it, and then we can encode it for our own life. Because as humans, we're hardwired for on hands-on application, learning from a living teacher. And that's why we are here with our guest experts And I, oh my gosh, uh, I always say this. And of course, we have incredible guest experts. Today, you are in for a treat here at the Success Pattern Show. We have a wonderful heart-centered man on the show today. He is teaching people how to love and be kind to themselves through the four pillars of self-love, the four pillars of self-love. We're going to hear more about that uh, through our interview and through our on conversation today. He spent 20 years in the music and entertainment business. He's living the life of his dreams. Hello, if you are still looking to live your life of your dreams, you might want to start you know, bringing the pen and the paper out and take some notes. Um, he's interviewed the biggest stars in the world, and that didn't fulfill his heart. He found out that he wasn't by himself in being kind of unhappy in having all of these things and knowing all of these 
people. So he went on a mission to find out, you know, why, why is he feeling the way he's feeling? And then he learned the secrets of true happiness and true success. And he's sharing it with others. He started that journey then. He's here with us now. That was the beginning of the self-love revolution. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are in a car, don't get up. But if you're at home, this serves a standing ovation. Uh, my dear friend, Jonathan Trone is here with us. Hello, Jonathan. Thank you for being here. Hi, Brigitte. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Look, Jonathan, um, you are just... You know, if, if I think of heart-centered man, if I think of the um, antonym of toxic masculinity, I think of Jonathan Trull, okay? Uh, you, in your introduction, we talked about the four pillars of self-love. What are those four pillars of self-love? I, I went on a journey to figure this out. It's so simple, but it took me years to figure it out. The four pillars are, it all starts with acceptance. The truth is when we go to school, we're, we're taught non-acceptance. We're taught comparison, how we compare to other people. Um, we're taught that, that everyone else is, a, is our competition and we have to figure out how to be better than we are, right? We need to be more like that. Hey, you see that kid over there? Even when we're really young, playing at the playground, do, do you see how that kid is behaving at the playground? Why can't you behave like them? And of course, we're, when we're in school, hey, do you see all those kids with the A pluses? Why can't you be like them? And you know, hey, if you have A pluses, great. And if you don't, great. We have to begin practicing acceptance and not just acceptance of what is, but acceptance of ourselves and who we are and the mistakes that we've made um, and also the successes that we've had. We highlight all the mistakes, right? But then the I success, think we're really good at that. Yeah, yeah, we're really good at highlighting the mistakes, but the successes are like, oh, no, no big deal. And we're very humble about those. And we have to be humble about our mistakes and not throw our successes in people's faces that I'm better than you are, right? We have to accept others. But accept the, the genius that we are in whatever way it comes out. So that's number one. You asked for all four. I, I, I have courses on each of them, right? So, <laughs> so that means we can talk for days. We can talk for days. Um, the, the second is we have to optimize our emotional energy. And that's really important because mostly we try and make change from a negative place. Like we're frustrated, so we're going to change it. And the thing is it works, but only temporarily. And then we fall back. When we create change from a, a negative emotional state, we tend to fall back. And that's that, that cycle, that hamster wheel or, or, or treadmill that people talk about, the treadmill of life. So when we create change from a, 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 an a positive emotional state, an mm -hmm. optimal emotional state, the change sticks. So how do we create that, that positive emotional state? Well, there are different ways. There, there's you know, yoga and exercise and running and jogging, listening to music, although you got to be careful with music because sometimes music can make you sad. But here's the easiest way. The easiest way is gratitude. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Which I get is cliche. I know, Greg, I get a gratitude journal. But here's the thing, right? We're in this world of follow the science. So let's just follow the science. Gratitude releases dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin. Now, you can take drugs to get those. And this is, I'm not on an anti-drug thing. You know, the drugs are really important for some people. So that's fine. And you're a drug manufacturing machine. Mm. You want to you uh, make some dopamine for yourself? Well, yeah, you can pick up your phone and scroll Facebook. It's designed to give you dopamine hits. They, they hire psychologists, pay them millions of dollars to figure out how to give you more dopamine so you stay on Facebook. And same with all the others. Right? I'm not picking on Facebook. It's Gmail. It's all, all of them. Or pause. Just think of something you're really grateful for. And boom, dopamine created for yourself. Uh, number three. Now, this was this was the last one I figured out. I'll get to number four, but this was the last thing I figured out. Um, and it's, I call this the number one skill we were never taught. And the number one skill we were never taught is forgiveness. And like I said, you know, all these are a course in itself. Um, three paths of forgiveness, forgiveness of others who've done something to you, um, forgiveness to others, asking forgiveness of others, but the most important important forgiveness of yourself and when you can learn to forgive yourself for the mistakes of the past and you made them i made them brigitte made them we all made them when totally you, yeah when you can begin to forgive yourself from the mistakes of the past you you unchain yourself we chain ourselves to our past replaying that story over and over in our head for a month a year decades yeah, who's with me? Yeah, I know, I know, because I've spoken to enough people by now, right? Decades, we replay the same story. Oh, if only it had been different back then. It's not different. I'm not saying it was right. It's just not different. So forgiveness allows us to, it's a part of acceptance. We accept this moment as it is, and it frees ourselves from the past so that we can create our new future. We cannot create our real new future unless we free ourselves from our past. That doesn't mean the past didn't exist. It did. But you don't have you don't have to relive your past every single day. So the fourth is self-love. It's actually being kind to yourself. And if self-love is hard, and it was really hard for me, maybe we'll get to that story. It was really hard for me when I started this. So self-love, if you can do it, great. If not, start with self-compassion. If self-compassion is hard, start with self-friendliness. But start being kind to yourself. When you look in the mirror, stop picking out every, oh, little zit and little gray hair and little this and that. Instead, look at the things you do like. Oh, maybe you like your eyes. Okay, hey, eyes, I like you. Maybe you like your smile. Hey, smile. What, maybe you can still hear. Hey, thank you, ears, for hearing. Just start treating yourself like a friend. Be a friend to yourself. And when you are a friend to yourself, it opens up the world for you, for new friendships and new, more powerful relationships. Wow. So that's the really condensed version <laughs> of the four pillars. There's so much truth, you know, acceptance. Before we jumped on today uh, for the show, we talked about acceptance and how it C continues to come up in my clients and Jonathan said the same thing. And it's that, you know, I, I would even say before self-love comes that 
self-acceptance, accepting, yes. you know, with all of my flaws and beauty that I have. And, and Jonathan, answer the million dollar question here, if you will. Why are we so good as humans to look at all the flaws, everything that's not going right, all of the things that we don't have? How come it's so easy for us? Because that's a pattern, right? That we look at that. Yeah. If we flip it, we could then also choose to look at all the beautiful things that we have. Share well, we have to flip it if we want success. But to answer the question, I, I would give two reasons. So one is certainly millions of years of evolution. We needed to look out for the dangers, right? You know, if we heard a noise, you know, that could have been a, a, a saber-toothed tiger or the tribe next door. So we're programmed to look for the negative to protect our survival. The thing is, we're not living in those conditions today, right? I have a roof, these walls, I'm in one room of many in this house, very, very, very lucky. Yet our brain is still programmed as if we're living millions of years ago. So we're in traffic, our lives are not in danger, but, but we get, we're all tightened up because we feel like our life is literally in danger, like, like a saber-toothed tiger is chasing us. Like those are the, I said, we're a chemical producing machine. So that's the cortisol. So we're producing cortisol to get away from the situation. But of course, we're in a situation that's not life-threatening. Now, to be clear, I understand some people live in war zones, um, in very difficult homes, and, and, and those are life-threatening situations. So I'm not talking about those. Those are very real. I'm not ignoring them. But I'm talking about the regular things that, that we just get get so frustrated about oh the plane is the plane is late oh my god I'm like oh, great go go get a book and read something listen to a podcast hey there's a person next to you introduce yourself to them so much to do on the plane is late but now here's the real problem so on top of the millions of years of evolution you mentioned a pattern so we instill this pattern every single day I remember when my son was born, he's seven now, and what a beautiful day, right? But then they, they take him away for a moment, and then they bring him back, and they give you this sheet of paper, and it says how tall he is, or length, it says his weight, and next to those numbers is a percentage. How does he compare with every other person on the planet? And I'm going... Oh, my God. And many of us have heard comparison is the thief of joy. Didn't make it up. And I'm going, oh, my God. This starts not in first grade, not in middle school, not in high school. The day we are born, we are now compared to every other person on the planet. And then, of course, then the parents get involved. I'm like, oh, well, is he high percentage, low percentage? I, I say he because I had a boy, but, you know, she, right? And, and then we get all caught up in it. And how do I make them better mm -hmm. when we need to accept them who we are? And then, of course, the marketing messages that we get. Hey, get this car and you'll be happy. Well, I'm I've gotten the new car. Now, I like driving a new car. I really do. But it's not what made me happy because I got a new car knowing that it would make me happy. And I loved it for a few days. And then I'm like, all oh, these old stories about how I suck were back in my head. I'm going, oh, I still suck. Oh, I interviewed shared yesterday. 
you know, one of the biggest stars in the world. Oh, but you still suck. Okay, uh, you got your new car. You're three blocks from the beach. You got a great place to live. You can see the sunset out your window. You're interviewing the biggest stars in the world, and you suck. That's what my mind told me. Because everyone told me that. Everyone told me that. Teachers told me that. Um, uh, marketing messages told me that. Everyone told me that I was never good enough. We have ah. to change it. I am good enough. And, and 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 I love that you just said that because that's a pattern. Because as humans, we look for evidence to support our beliefs, our values, right? So when enough people around you, especially people that you kind of put on pedestals, especially when you're little in that imprint phase from age zero to around age six, seven years old, right? It Information just comes in unfiltered. You do not, because you don't have any point of reference. So if the teacher says... The, the, if the doctor says, oh my gosh, a doctor in a, you know, white coat, you take that information in at face value and it becomes your evidence to support, in this case, a very limiting belief. And it, and it's so, it's so concrete. Like it literally is like as concrete as your driveway outside. Yeah. Right? And breaking that through is hard. And you did break through that though. You were in the yeah. music industry. You, you know, you know, if we would start dropping names here, you would say, yep, interviewed them. Yeah, know that, know them, you know, hung out with them, toured with them, blah, blah, blah. Where was the awareness that you wanted to change? And tell me that story or tell us that story. I'll try and make it a briefer story because you don't have three hours. But it, it started so, you know. I started the music business and, you know, I, I ended up moving to Denmark because I love the Danish people and I moved there and, and it was wonderful um, for about six months. And then these stories started coming back in my head about how I'm not good enough. So, you know, I moved down to Spain and I was there for six months. Um, and then these stories started coming back. So then I moved to LA and LA was great for about six months. And it goes on like this, right? Because it, it, it takes about when you're in a new place. That's why people have vacations. When you're in a new environment, um, your mind can only take in the new information. So the old information can't get there. But when something becomes regular, like, oh, oh I, I see these old buildings. They're, they're, they're not new anymore. Then the old stories, patterns start coming back about not being good enough. So then I moved to 11th. I moved to LA. Again, great. Then not great. Moved to 11th Street in Santa Monica. I said, oh, the LA sucks just because I need to get closer to the beach because I drove 3,000 miles across the country and I'm still far away from the beach. So I went to Santa Monica near the beach, 11th Street. I, I, I could you know, bike there in, in five minutes, have my feet in the sand. Okay, that was great. Six months, of course. <sighs> so I said, I just got to get closer to the beach. So I moved to 3rd Street. I could have my feet in the sand walking 10 minutes. Sunsets out my window. I'd walk to the beach, watch the sunset. It was a beautiful life. But in my journey from 3rd Street, past 2nd Street, past Ocean, then down the stairs, and then seeing all the houses on the beach itself, I would notice all these other houses that were way bigger than the place I was living in. Man, I was in comparison, heaven. And I knew at the time, I knew that if I just had that house on the beach, it was just you know a few more good deals away or good whatever is away. I'd have that house on the beach and then I would be happy. And then this is what happened. So uh, if you can picture Santa Monica, for those that know, you've never been there, don't worry. But there's, there's this park that, that's, that's um, 
next to the beach. It's up on a hill next to the, overlooking the beach. So Martin Luther Park, I walked there almost every day. And I would listen to headphones through headphones back then because I, I didn't like the thoughts in my head. So I would always have, have music playing mm. in my ears. So I didn't have to listen to my own talking to myself. And I heard this song um, for punk fans out there. It's a band called Social Distortion. And look, I had interviewed the band. I had seen the band. I had listened to this song at least hundreds, if not thousands of times. And here's the lyric that I heard as if it was for the first time. And that's why I had to do all that setup. Here's the lyric. You can run all your life, but not go anywhere. Mm. And I'm going, <laughs> was that me? Denmark, LA, Santa Monica, closer to the beach. I was running. And I really thought I was running towards something, right? Mm -hmm. Towards adventure in Denmark, adventure in LA, we're closer to the beach. And what I discovered was that I was running from me. Because that was the only common thing between all those places. There was one thing in common, me. Oh, my God. I was running, and I wasn't going anywhere. So I, I quit the entertainment business, really scary, because my identity was wrapped up in it. You know, my, my, my internet company back then was called LA Live. Um, and people, a lot of people didn't know my name. There, there, there were three of us, and we were the LA Live guys. So we'd be back show at a concert and go, "Hey, the LA Live guys are here!" Right? Was, that's how much of an identity it was. Uh, so I went on. I, I quit the entertainment business. By that time, I was I, I left LA Live. Um, uh, we sold it, and I was producing TV shows. Um, but I left it to go on a journey to figure out what was wrong with me. Why did I have everything I wanted? Because I, I, I followed. The instructions create the life you want. I mm. followed. I created a company so that I could go to free concerts and interview bands. Right, that's what I did. <laughs> right, so I followed to create your own life, and I wasn't happy. So I went on this journey to figure out what was wrong with me, and it took me a while. But what I figured out, it was the biggest aha moment of my life, that there was nothing wrong with me like what i don't have to pretend to be anybody different i don't have to try and be that person down the street i can just be me i don't have to compare myself to everyone else in the world jonathan is okay you guys i'm having goosebumps over here oh my god i couldn't believe it i really couldn't believe it and that changed everything what a story. I want to hear like the long version. So we're going to have you back for a longer version. I, I want to hear more about that. And especially you, you dropped the really big truth bump here, which comes with acceptance. And that is we get so bundled up in portraying, being the person that the outer world wants to see and is seeing that when we stop doing that, we literally give up ourselves. Like there's, you know, there's a law in NLP that states accept the person, but you don't have to accept their behavior because we are not our behavior. And yet a lot of people identify with, I did a, uh, I'll give you a really quick example. I sometimes do like rapid fire. I call out words and I ask my client to say one word after I say a word. It's like what comes up first, right? 
and I said a pretty negative belief. Um, and her immediate response was me. Mm. And we were, were working on her identity. And I'm like, what came up for you after all of these? It was 22 words. What came up? And she's like, I don't know. I'm just lost. And I said, hmm, that, that limiting belief, that, is that your identity? And she's like, oh, my gosh, I said me. I said, yeah. Acceptance. And a part of it is giving up these identities that we get attached to. It was really hard for me to leave the entertainment business. I spent 20 years in it, more, more than 20 years. I had been doing it. I, I started a radio career. It was out of high school at 17 years old uh, at the top radio station in Boston. Like it, it was such a part of my identity. And I, I know people who are still in the entertainment business and some people love it, but I know people that wish they could get out. Uh, and it's not, you know, there's good and bad. I, we don't have to get into that side, but I have, I know a lot of people that wish they could do something different, but it's such a part of that, their identity. They don't know what else to do. And that's how I was. It's like, I can't leave television, which is what I was doing at the time. Like what else would I do? It's all I know how to do. But when we can get rid of the, I am, you know, for me then a producer or right now I am a self-love mentor or I am a yoga teacher or a, a, a small business owner or an entrepreneur or what, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't teach that anymore. I teach simply I am like everyone, everyone watching, just say without anything after it, say I am. And allow there to be space. Forget mother, father, husband, wife, single, you know, I, I, the, all the, your job, your, forget all that. Just I am. And if you let there be space around that, wow. And then you don't have to pretend you're someone in different situations, right? We act differently in front of different people, depending who we think they are and who, who we think they think we are. Well, they think I'm this kind of person, so I better act like this. All that goes away. It's so much more freeing to show up and I'm Jonathan and sometimes I don't fit in anymore. And, and that's cool. And there's a whole yeah. course I have on fitting in and belonging and the difference between the two. Please don't fit in. Please look for belonging. There'll be places you don't belong and it's going to hurt and it's going to suck. Here's the thing. See, this journey is not one that frees you from pain. Mm. It just, uh, but, but fitting in doesn't free you from pain either. Mm -mm. Like you got pain, a guaranteed life. You're going to have pain and you're going to have good times as well. But what this does is it allows you to ease through the pain so that you can actually enjoy the successes that you're already creating in life. Mm. That feels so true and authentic and real, Jonathan. And this was literally for me today. And I know it was for a lot more people out there. Um, you mentioned the self-love revolution, which came out of that yeah. was it filling was it filling a, a void 
Well, the self-love revolution didn't, it didn't fill a void. Here's what it is. So when I I started really figuring out what was wrong with me, right? So I I, I went to some of the the known people. So I I, I did the Tony Robbins school and of massive action. I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins and, and, you know, and I, I learned about modeling and I would love to have a long conversation with you about modeling because I, I did it at the beginning and it worked, Mm -hmm. but I was still trying to be somebody else. So I, I had to get out of modeling. So I had to do, but I, I would love to engage in that conversation with, with you It's it, mm-hmm. one day. But I did the Tony Robbins school and then, um, you know, then the secret came out and I'm like, okay, well, take, change your thoughts and all that kind of stuff. And then I, I discovered Louise Hay, which she's like the godmother of self-love. Like, mm-hmm. wow, that's a whole new world. But I couldn't practice it when I first learned about it. it was I, 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 This is literally... This is what happened the first time I learned about it. She goes, go to a mirror and say, I love you. So I go to the mirror and I look myself in the eyes and I go, Jonathan. (laughs) That's exactly what I couldn't look. And I turned my head just like that. I couldn't look myself in the eyes. I couldn't say the words. Wow. That's what it was. Now I can say it anywhere. Like I'm in, I just got back from Costa Rica yesterday and I'm in the airport and go to the bathroom. You see the mirror and you see yourself like, hey, Jonathan, I'm five. You're awesome. I love you. can say it anywhere, anytime now. And then I learned the lot, the lost, the missing ingredient. Oh, well, they're all missing ingredients, but the, this forgiveness, which I said, right? So there I am with Tony Robbins, massive action here, and Louise Hay, self love here, and Tony Robbins isn't talking about self love, and Louise Hay isn't talking about how to, how to take action. And then you got forgiveness, uh, which neither of them, at least what I was hearing at the time, were talking about. Um, I, go, I, I can't deal with this. So I took everything that worked for me. And, and try to figure out how to structure me. Like I didn't create it for anyone else. It was like, how do I do this for me so I can live my life without going to 20 different sources? Now, don't get wrong. I still learn. I still listen. Um, you know, I've learned a ton from you. Um, but I had to create something, that, a, a habit, a, a new, new programming, new patterns, right? Yep. So I created this new system for me. Um, and I do all this. Right? I, I practice acceptance, uh, uh, gratitude, forgiveness, and self-love in two minutes. Now, I do have the longer practices, which I do practice. But if it's a crazy day, I do it for two minutes while I brush my teeth. I get I get them all in. That's my new pattern, right? That's how I live. Um, so once I figured it out, and I do call this the new pathway to success, uh, and it... You, I, look, I spent 20 years in Hollywood. I know a ton of millionaires. I know, I know a ton of struggling people too. And I can tell you, I know happy millionaires and really unhappy millionaires. I've been backstage with people doing so many drugs to hide the present moment. You can't even imagine. Some of them aren't with us anymore, right? And it wasn't for lack of money. Um, money's a magnifier. I'm not saying, you know, don't get money. Money's great. It makes life easier, but it's a magnifier. So if you, if you're struggling to get money, when you got it, you'll still be struggling. And that's what I did. I was there. I'm like, oh, they, they all said when I get six figures, yeah, that was the magic number back then, right? This is in the nineties, six figures, you know, now, now it's seven figures back then it was six figures. So six figures. Yeah. Okay. The voices were still there telling me I sucked. So money was just a magnifier to the then I'm not good enough. Um, so what I try and help people with is 
on your way, if you have the money, great, let's change it and have you start liking yourself so that, you know, you don't struggle so much. And, you know, a lot of people are not surviving to the next day. And we, we've got to change it, especially we as entrepreneurs have to help each other. We're twice as more likely to have mental health. Yes. And we have yes. to hop to it. We have to admit our own problems. We have to start helping each other. And if you are on the path there, do it with joy so that when you get your six figures or seven figures or, or, or nine figures, whatever it is that you want, you'll be living with joy. That's what you want, to be happy. Money will magnify it. But I promise you that it doesn't create it. Yeah. And that's what the self-love revolution is. So when I figured it out for me, and you tell me, why is my yoga studio, little yoga studio in Northwest Austin, why is that the most successful business I've ever had? Not the music company I had interviewing The Who and the Backstreet Boys and, you know, and Cher. And not that one. A yoga studio. We teach yoga, meditation. It's more successful than all of that. Why? Well, because I've changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've changed. I have more money in the bank now than I did then. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, except it cool. does, because I'm telling you that this self-love revolution is the new pathway to whole life success. There are other ways to get money in the bank. I get that. But this will bring you money in the bank and it will bring you the joy to go with it. And that's what we have to start teaching. And, and by teaching, you also brought us a gift from the self-love revolution. I think you brought us a meditation. Is that right? I did. But uh, you know what? Here, here. I'll, 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 I'm going to – I forgot. Oh, you're going to see self-love in action. You're, you're going to see self-love in action. Um, did I give you a link? Yeah, it's already on the bottom of our screen. It's already there. What's yes. the link that I gave you? Selfloverevolution.com slash meditations. Okay, great. It may or may not be there right now. <laughs> true, true story. True story. I'm So this is what I have to do. But the old me would have beat the shit out of myself. John, I, I just spent two weeks in Costa Rica. So I didn't, you know, and then... And then and also in my calendar, this was two weeks later, right? But right. this is great. But so I, Jonathan, you're not prepared. You suck. You blew it again. That's the old me. Today, it's mm. Jonathan, forgive yourself. Okay. You made a mistake. Maybe the link is up there. Maybe it's not. But I guarantee you within three minutes after this call, you can go to selfloverevolution.com slash meditations. Maybe it is there now. And I'm going to give you those meditations. And you'll have the forgiveness meditation. You'll have the self-love meditation. You'll have the gratitude meditation. So if it's not there right now, I've forgiven myself already. I ask you to also forgive me, but I can't control that. And I want you to go there and I want you to listen to these meditations. I want you to listen, you know, maybe do one for a week and then the next one for a week. You don't have to do them all, all at once, but you do have to do them all. And I guarantee you, in a month, if you do these meditations, your life will be dramatically different. Dramatically different. So, yes, I want to offer this to you. I'm very excited to, to bring this to you. Um, it's done so much for me. And uh, 
I believe it will do. I, I know. I know if you do it. If you down, by the way, if you download them and never play them. It's not going to help. It's not going to help. Won't work. And I, I, I look, I know that game. I, I was in there too. I bought book after book and I read the first few chapters, put it down, put another book. Bought it. I know it. It's okay. I went through that too. No judgment. Yes. But if you really listen to them, I guarantee your life will be changed. And if it isn't, I want you to email me or call me. It's easy to get my information online, a little too easy. But you can find me, okay? You can find my cell phone number. It's out there. Um, call me. Let me know what's up. And we will there make is, it work for you. There's only one Jonathan Trone, just like there's only one Brigitte Hoefele. And you can also follow uh, Jonathan on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jonathan Trone, T-R-O-E-N. Jonathan, this has been so absolutely beautiful. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your kindness, your love, your acceptance, all of the beautiful nuggets. And before I let you go, um, I want to end with Paul Simon's um, excerpt out of his Patterns song. And here's a part of the lyrics. My eyes can dimly see the patterns of my life and the puzzle that is me. From the moment of my birth to the instant of my death, there are, there are patterns I must follow just as I must breathe each breath. My life is made of patterns. Yeah, let's Thank change them and give yes. ourselves some really successful patterns. Yes. I appreciate you, Jonathan. And the next time we have you on, uh, we're going to talk about modeling and you and I connect anyway. So thank you for being here, guys. Thank you for tuning in for this wonderful time with my dear friend, Jonathan Trone. Connect with him, get the meditations, watch the replay, successpatterns.com. Tune in again next week, same time, same place. Until then. Thank you for tuning in to The Success Pattern Show at www.thesuccesspatternshow.com. My name is Brigitte Hufelet.